Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. You have made it to episode 99, and we're here with a super special guest, John Tarantino from Martinero Watches. John, say hi to the nice people at home. Hey, everyone. Uh, this is John. Nice to be here. Um, I'm, I'm glad you consider me a super special guest, too. That's, that's very nice. <laughs> no, definitely. Totally. Because the thing is, we, we're pretty selective with the folks we have on the show, especially people in the, the, the what we call the microbrand world, because it's so... There's so much noise in the microbrand world, so anytime yep. you find a brand who's doing something special and actually like expressive, it's totally worth highlighting. So super appreciate you making the time to be on the show. Um, we'll be talking about the brand, we'll be talking about the watches, the sort of design perspective, all those really, really fun things. But we have to we have to honor one of the few traditions we have on the show. We have to do an audio an audio wrist check, right, Mike? That's I mean we have we have no traditions except me getting distracted, cursing, and the audio wrist check. Does that sound accurate? <laughs> we, yeah, we do, and uh, I think I think John has to go first. You want me to go you first? John, okay. Do you want John to go yeah. first, or should we go first and then and then because we we can just do ours quick and then John can just. That's right. That's that's better. I, f- I forgot what we what we do because it's been a while since we we had an interview. So well, okay. So what what are you wearing? Well, I'm I'm keeping it simple, man. I'm keeping I'm 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 wearing my Raketa Big Zero. It's been a while, you know. Um, I've been avoiding wearing it here in Florida just because it's all humid outside and this thing has the water resistance of tissue. So I don't want to wear it outside because it's just going to fog up like a corpse's eye and I can't that then then the watch would not come back from the from the also, also a cracked uh, crystal. Yep. Crystal's broken. <laughs> this watch has seen better days, <laughs> but uh, I love it. It's my memory watch. It's my wedding watch. It's, you know, it's a good, good piece to have. So I thought it'd be fun to wear it for um, the super, super cool episode. But Michael, you're wearing... Are you still wearing the watch that you're watch fasting with? Shame on you. I, I am. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's the Omega Speedmaster, the thirty-five seventy, and it's it's been a blast. I'm I'm learning a lot <laughs> from just wearing this watch uh, for what is it? Six days now. Six jo- days straight. John, <laughs> are longer. you familiar? Are you familiar with the watch uh, with, with the watch fast we talked about on the show before? I can't remember if we talked about it before. I, I, I'm not. Tell me about it. So basically, the watch fast is something that we started doing. Um, uh, Mike started doing it accidentally, in the same way Forrest Gump just ran across the country because he just felt like it. Mike just inadvertently started the idea of the watch fast. So you wear the same watch for either an entire calendar month or 30 days straight, and it's supposed to help you kind of become more appreciative of your collection, oh. either love or hate one piece more or less. And so he, did, Mike's done it before. You did it, Mike, with the Seiko 175. I've done it before with my Orient Christmas Chrono JDM, and you're Mike. You're now trying it again with your um, Omega Speedmaster. So you're yeah. glutton, glutton for punishment. So, um, so I, I like that idea. Although, like when you first said watch fast, what I thought you'd be referring to is actually like for a short period of time, like for a week, actually not wearing any watch at all. And that's what I'm trying to. Push. Yeah, that's the ultimate one. Yeah, that's like- <laughs> and then I, I feel like that would encourage appreciation even more. Like maybe not See? for a particular piece, but just like for watches in general. And what they so I mean, yeah. Mike's been teasing that one. He's been the 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 the, the true watch fast. So to yeah. your point, no no watch. So you just you let the watched hand just be out there in the open, you know. So I mean, maybe one day, maybe someone will have the the fortitude to tempt <laughs> the proper watch fast, right? I need to. I have to get rid of that tan line, dude. I mean, that'll help. <laughs> My tan line is never going to go away. Having brown skin was one thing, but having a brown skin with a watch tan, that shit's there to stay, dude. All right? That's <laughs> never going away. 
the man but yeah i'm really excited john to hear what you're wearing for the the, the watch uh the, i almost said the watch fest there you go sure. the audio risk check for today sure um and so i you know these days i only wear uh my own stuff um and so today i'm wearing the martin arrow edgemere reserve uh that's our nice. yeah brand new release came out about a week ago um you guys actually gave it a a little review on, on your site um which, which yep. was great um but yeah that is uh that one has been my staple uh, since it came out, and I'm wearing, you know, what's sort of the, what I consider to be the flagship colorway. It's the the white and blue multicolored dial version. So that that's been on the wrist nonstop for the past week. The one where the dark blue is like the center part of the of the of the dial. Um, actually, no, the one where the hour ring is dark blue. So it's a it's a white ah, dial. Ah, cool. It's yep. it's a little hard actually. It's funny with this collection to name some of the dot like to name some of the colorways. Because they because <laughs> they have so many colors and like a lot of them have blue in it. It's it's so this one um, I'm I'm just calling it the white and blue for now. That's so cool. That's so yeah. That's killer. that's kind of that's kind of like the the Martin Arrow flag colors. At least the ones that I think of when I you know hear the brand. So yeah, yeah. I have that one pulled up. There, there's <clears throat> I don't know. I just I love the way you color these things. I have to say. It. Oh, thanks. I no, appreciate it. <laughs> It's one of those things where I think with the past, like the past three, the past three or four releases, like this is like these are the colors that are that are very identifiable, and like that's how you can tell it's a Martinero piece before you even see what's on the dial or or anything like that. So, I think these are super super fun. Are the right now the one you're wearing? Is it is it a, is it a, um, one like one of the one of the prototypes or is it like a production model? Uh, it's a prototype. Yeah. So all we did, I've I've got um, the the production pieces. Uh, the production actually hasn't hasn't happened yet. Um, I decided. Yeah. I think as, as you know, you know, I, I decided for this one. We don't always do this, but I decided to crowdfund this one. Um, so it'll be going into production uh, next month. And yeah, right now we've just got the prototypes, but. Um, they're nice. And you've met your yeah. crowdfunding goal already, right? You, yeah, you, you've we, already. Yeah, we met it on the, so cool. on the first day. Yeah. Oh, pretty, that's so cool. Congrats. Pretty, pretty easily. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. That's so killer, man. How, how uh, uh, are you happy with the prototypes? Everything, everything in terms of like what you would expect and uh, what you want to see. It's yeah, looking good. Yeah, I mean they they look like production pieces. Um, for this nice. one, yeah. So it's funny. It's always the dials that give us the most trouble. Um, partly because. Um, uh, just our dials, like as, as the brand has has gone on, like the, the dials have gotten more and more complex, and so right. it usually it takes at least. I mean, we always we get it right eventually, but it takes at least two prototypes, sometimes three, um, just to, just to get everything the way that we like it. Um, this one uh, we did it only only two prototypes um, on the dials, and the case uh, that came out really nicely the the first time around. Yeah. That's so. I think it's, I love that because I I I I've talked with with like micro brand owners to this, and you get the sense where, regardless of what the first run of prototypes look like, they just give it the okay. It's just like yeah, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. Like there's 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 it's hard to find someone who's willing to put in the time to say you know let's do a second pass, let's do a third pass. I'm not happy with this, so on and so forth. So so, so to know that that's something that you, you do pretty regularly that I think that's that's pretty cool yeah I mean I think it's a, it's a pretty important you know uh, part of the of the whole process you know because when you do when, when you um, put down a deposit for a manufacturing run and in my case like I'm making um, at, at least 500 pieces at a time right so nice yeah so you, you want to uh, you absolutely want to make sure that <clears throat> that everything is is right and as, as perfect as possible. Um, and, and as true to what you originally designed as, as possible before you pull the trigger and move forward. 
absolutely it's cool it's totally cool i love i love asking like micro brand like like people this especially ones who who have like like this eye for design how much does the design change from when you first plan it to when you start seeing prototypes like do you find yourself saying okay now that i see this in person let's maybe do this let's make this smaller let, let's shift this this way are you flexible with the design process or do you kind of stay firm to the to the prompt to the original design prompt you kind of you kind of create yeah well so, so there are um, there are a couple of considerations actually so one of them you know is that like we'll submit a, a design to get a prototype um, for my suppliers and mm. you know sometimes they say okay we can build this as is you know other times they say you know I'm not sure if this is possible um, you know or like they want to make subtle adjustments or they need to change yeah. the dimensions and right um, so a little bit so you know that that's one consideration um, I, I would say though you know after once you work out those issues um, I would say, but probably especially now with the more colorful models, uh, sometimes I wouldn't say the designs necessarily change the designs themselves, but it's more the colorways we end up tweaking, just because mm -hmm. you know you see something and you know, if it's got four or five different colors on the dial and, and it looks, you know, to, to me, you know, it might look perfect in, in the rendering, and then I actually get the the prototypes, you know, and then yeah, it. it you, you can tell that they were trying to match, you know, the dial, but the colors, like, they just look a little bit off or they don't quite balance, you know, or, or some, mm -hmm. something is just, like, a little bit off. So I, I would say we make more adjustments on the color. Um, you know, for example, like, this one, we did a brand-new colorway for this, for the Edgemere Reserve. It's um, it's, it's actually the least colorful one. It's it's, uh, it's mostly a white dial with, uh, with some blue and some red. And that one, initially, it was actually this combination, which it looked great in a rendering. It was this, like... <clears throat> A combination of like white and off-white and sort of beige on the dial yeah. it's like different layers and like, I thought it looked great in a rendering and then I, I got the prototype it like it was it was terrible like it was it was, <laughs> it was so bad and I'm like yeah this this would be really embarrassing if I were to release this so um and then we just we just ended up going just with uh you know with, with a, re a really cl uh, clean white look so yeah so it's I I I, I I think you balanced it well. And the thing is, that's all. That's also, I think, the reality that a lot of folks have to kind of be cognizant of. Because we're, we're always telling people to listen to the show, you have to be an educated consumer. It's really important to sort of understand, you know, the process behind, especially with micro brands, like what's going into the product. And so that's one of those things that people I don't think really account for. When you design something, you have to sort of balance it with manufacturing logistics. Like, oh, yeah, I dreamt this thing up, but, you know... Can my can my fulfillment? Can they actually do this? Are they going to have issues if they say yes and deliver something to me and it's just not right? What are my options? So yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's tough to manage. I mean, especially you know with us and with um, you know with, with a, a lot of other micro brands too. I mean, when they are when they're designing these things, you know, everything is is pretty much designed from scratch, right? So yeah. you know, you have like an original case design, um, original dial, original hands. So if if you're doing it that way, which which I, I think is, is, is the right way to go, um, you know, for a micro brand today. Uh, that means that, well, on the plus side, you know, you're getting, hopefully, you know, you're developing a, a unique design, but the, the flip side of that is that your supplier, that they have to start from scratch. Like they've, they've never made anything yeah. exactly like it before, right? So that means that, well, they might, they may or may not be able to make it exactly as as you've designed, you know, and, and so there, there might be, you know, little compromises here and there, but also, you know, it might, and the reason why we often go through multiple prototypes, like it just, it might take them a little bit of trial and error to get it right, because they have to design this too, like, you know, like this, they'd never seen a dial that looked like this, you know, or, or done these colors, and so then they have to figure right. out, okay, how are we going to make this, how are we, you know, uh, like, how are we going to put this together, how do we, how are we going to manufacture, I mean, if you look at our dial, right, it's like they're, 
they manufacture the, the base layer of the dial, then um, it's a separate piece of brass, the hour ring, then the numerals are, are those um, those are also applied, right? So they have to make that. Yep. They know all these hands are custom. They have to, it's actually a different factory that makes the hands. You know, they have to print on the dial. It's, it's a lot of stuff, you know, so, um, yeah, it's just, it's a, a complicated process. Um, and, yeah. and it's it's uh, it's definitely, it's funny because when I, I I was telling uh, someone this before. It's like when I first started the brand, I, I thought this actually was not my background. Like I worked in in real estate finance for ten years before doing this. Right. This was not at all my thing. And um, I had this very naive view. I, I thought that we could just design something, and and the rendering itself is is perfect. This digital rendering, and I thought that we like send it to the factory and they feed it into some sort of machine or something, and 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 like <laughs> and like and, and then it like comes out. Like I really did. I mean. I thought it was That's that simple, awesome. and, and and then like I, I've since you know learned a lot about just the the realities of 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 manufacturing, and yeah, the actual process is is much different than that. Totally, that's so cool, Mike. Do you remember the first time we saw, or the first time I saw, um, you know, Martinera pieces was at uh, Wind Up 2017. I think it was when the Kerrison came out, right? You remember that, Mike? Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I got really excited <laughs> that, that Martinero was there because I, I had always wanted to see the watches in person. Right, um, yeah. You know, the Edgemere, uh, the first version had been out for a bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I always, I was always just drawn to the colors. And now after hearing you speak about it, I, it's, I have a, I kind of have a new appreciation for how difficult it must have been to get all of that right. Because like you mentioned, John, renderings can be very deceptive, mm -hmm. especially when you're working with so many unique um, colorways and so many unique uh, components. I'm just looking at these. One thing I've always wondered, um, how did you, how did you find the inspiration for these hands on the edge mirror? They're just, I feel like I've never seen them anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, a, a big a, a starting point being, you know, that um, that we never use stock parts. Right. So we, we knew we wanted to have mm. something that that um, that had a very unique look. It, it's actually funny. And this ties back to um, what we were talking about before and just what manufacturers can do. Like the original rendering, it actually the like the stem uh, of the hands on the on the hour and minute hands, they were actually much thinner um, initially. Like they were like these tiny, like little like twig like things and, and the manufacturer was like yeah that like that doesn't exist like you can't like like it's kind of <laughs> like that's not that's just not possible like you can't do that I'm like okay okay we get it um yeah so this one um i mean and this goes back it's funny because these can't these hands were original to the original edgemere model which you know which came out two years ago so i'm, I'm trying to remember like the, the exact starting point um i do remember that part of it i don't know if this was the the primary inspiration but at one point, because you know this was a originally at least like a nautical themed watch, very loosely based on, on a marine chronometer style, and mm -hmm. um, I, I do remember in, in the discussion it was like as we explored the nautical theme, it was like like oars were, were actually oh, yeah okay. that, cool. that was that was part of it, um, and um, yeah, and, and it's funny, and I, I also remember, and this is the kind of detail <clears throat> that I, honestly I don't know if anyone else. If, if this is important to mo like, if, or if customers would even notice this kind of thing, but I remember on the on the hour hand, I was really happy with just like how the diamond came out, and then we went through like three or four different prototypes on the on the minute hand, um, and it was just the it was like the shape of the diamond. <laughs> it was like it was like looking at, and um, I don't like whether it was going to be like heavier, um, 
uh, like if it was going to like basically changing the angle um, from the stem to the the diamond, like whether it was going to be like a like a fatter diamond or a thinner one, um, or if the midpoint was going to be off, wow. off center, like that stuff like that. Um, and then until we I think we we finally got it right. Um, but yeah, but it's it's like little details like that really for some reason really interest me. Um, and, and to me make a difference um, though, though like a lot of the time I, I do wonder if anyone else like I'm, I'm like is this a great use of time um, to be, but I, 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 I don't I do not know the answer but we I, I think so at least I mean it, honestly Kaz and I going to Hong Kong was pretty eye-opening mm. to see how many people just go to the show with a bag of cash and leave with a watch brand without giving it much thought. Mm -hmm. So we, we ended up becoming very disenchanted with just the process altogether. We, we were kind of blown away by the fact that um, a ton of people just go there to take part in this cash grab um, without really giving much thought to their product or, or the idea of watches and watch collectors. It's just, it's strictly a business move. So to see um, to see you um, put so much hard work and thought into the tiniest details on on this uh, this new edge mirror that's yeah. that's pretty attractive to us at least and nice. definitely um, you know a ton of the people that enjoy the show. Yeah, no, appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think you you really have to now. I mean, with um, uh, as you know, right? I mean, there there's there's so many um, so many well established brands, but then also micro brands, you know, that are out there now, and then there's more coming out all the time. Um, and uh, I think it, it's something, you know, in order to be able to to compete and to you know to have an offering that I actually I, I view this in very kind of harsh terms. Um, it, it's like you know does you know does the brand or like does this model does it deserve to exist? <laughs> does anybody mm-hmm. like like does anybody like um, whenever I'm like working? It's a good way to look you know, at for it. real, yeah. or, or like or like when I'm designing models, it's like okay, is, is anyone other than my mom going to buy this? You know, and then like and if <laughs> and if so, why? And that's actually the question I like because like some people now you know they come to me like oh like I want to start a brand and all this stuff and like those are the questions I ask them, and like I, I mean it in a nice way actually, but it's like okay like why should anybody care? You know um, yeah. So I, I think you know that's one of the things I, th- I think that you know the. Some of the stronger micro brands, I, I think, have a um, you know, have a similar attention to detail, and, and it shows up in the product. I, I, I love I love that though. It's so much like will Caesar's thumb go up or down? Does your watch need to <laughs> oh, exist? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, with that in mind, I mean, obviously, you pursued this, and you pursued this successfully for a while, and I think the the, the, the watch family has responded that yes, these watches need to exist. But in your mind, what do you think the sort of like typical person purchasing, like let's like like let's say the newest one, the Edgemi Reserve. Yep. Like, what does that like normal uh, watch enthusiast look like who who buys that watch? Is, is it someone that that particularly just collects maybe just like really cool like sub second watches, or they just collect you know um things that are are more you know unique in terms of color color sets, or you know yeah. how do you kind of envision that person? Yeah, I, I think I think it's more the latter. I, th- I think with this model, mm. um, yeah, it's, it's the kind of person that wants something you know really unique on their wrist, right? So they. Um, you know, they have this, like, it really doesn't, or at least, you know, as, as far as I know, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, really look much like, like anything else, you know, that's out there. Uh, you know, yeah. that was definitely intentional. And that's both, both the design, um, the construction and, and, you know, probably most of all, just the, the different colorways. So I, I think it, it's definitely both the original Edgemere and this one are appealing, you know, to someone like that who's looking for something unique. But also, I, and one of the hardest things to balance, actually, is that, you know, I, I try to 
you know, create these watches that are that that are that are different, that are unique. Um, mm -hmm. They also have increasingly complex construction, you know, with the um, but mainly on the dial, you know, but then also the, the hands and the, the layers. The yeah, 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 exactly. You know, but I, I try to do that while at the same time not overly designing it and not getting too crazy. Because oh, yes. you know, because because there is a fine line. Like probably like as I, I look right now, right, like on the um, uh, I'll call it the, like the white and blue colorway, like the, sort of the flagship. Mm -hmm. One more color, and that's just too much. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so it's so <laughs> like, easy to overdesign. Yeah. It's it's way too easy because it's yeah. like um I forgot there's a there's a writer who I was reading this quote and it's like everyone has everyone's written this like their 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 epic space opera. But that doesn't mean that like it's any good. Like everyone, it's so easy to overwrite or overdesign something. The actual skill that people are attracted to is when you know when to kind of pull back. Like, okay, I think, yeah, I think we've reached the point where it's good. What I love, um, just about the just speaking about these Edgemere um, reserves specifically, and this is something that um has attracted me to the last three releases really, really strongly is that the second I see it, I know I like it, and I'm not looking at one one piece in particular. I'm not looking at the the hands or the die I'm looking at the whole thing holistically and I'm like, yeah, that watch looks good. With other watches, you can have the inclination to be like, the first thing you notice is those giant Seamaster hands or like, you know, that giant crown. But with this, it's very much, you get the sense of a very coherent package and that's that's not easy to do. So I think that's what's, what's, what's really, yeah. really exciting about just having you on, just talking about the pieces. Yeah, I oh, know. Yeah, really appreciate it. I, I also, I think that's something that developed over time um, too. Cause like mm -hmm. when I look back um, and the brand actually started, it, it was very different when we first started in 2014, just a, a different kind of focus. Um, and also, I, well, I didn't have any experience at the time. I mean, that was like my first foray. Like I came out with these two models, um, which I, which I still sell, uh, the Ace and the Founder. That are, oh, that, cool. that are on our website. Yeah, although that's, that's probably, um, they'll sell through the end of this year and then I'm, I think I'm gonna retire them. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, we definitely, we got, um, things just, I, I think became more refined. Um, I, I think we kind of, we sort of grew into a certain aesthetic. Um, and then also I, I just, uh, I just know a lot more now, right? So just knowing how these things are built and you know, what is possible like in, in terms yeah. of yeah, just construction and finishing and, and, and all of that. Um, and then, and the aesthetic just, just evolved. And I think we really hit it, like I'd say about two years ago um, with the, the first Edgemere. I, I feel like that's when oh, yeah. we, we really kind of settled upon, upon the, this aesthetic of ours that we have now. So when you when you look back at the founder and when you look back at the ace, do you do you look back and do you feel like nostalgic or do you be like, oh god, what was I thinking? Like, how is that? Like, how, what is what is it like? Like looking at those original pieces? Oh no, they're nice. I mean, so if if it was the latter, I mean, if I looked back at them and I was like, oh, these are terrible, like I would pull them off the website. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't keep them up on the site. Um, so no, gotcha. it's, it's nothing and nothing like that. Um, you know, they were just built like uh, they're just different, right? A different aesthetic. Uh, you know, the. Mm -hmm. Like the Ace was more of a like a, a pilot style watch. Um, yep. The founder actually started it, it. It's not a dive watch, although that was a that was actually the original plan. Um, and then it just it morphed into into something else. But you know they were more they were designed for a different purpose. Like I, I don't know if you guys know, yeah. like we were actually a customization platform when we launched. So we had those two designs, and we had a configurator on our site. Um, you, know, you could choose. We were selling them in two sizes, forty two and thirty eight. Um, choose your design. Choose your size choose the dial color and then you could choose the second hand color um, and then nice. choose the color of your strap. And so, um, and they all worked, like we curated it so that none of the combinations looked bad. Um, some of them worked better than others in my opinion, but they all worked. Mm -hmm. And so the designs, they were meant, you know, to, uh, they were meant to work in, the, in that sort of system. 
so that they had to be relatively, you know, simple. Like if I were to try to do that with the edge mirror, it would be a nightmare. I don't even know how I would do it, but it, it would, <laughs> oh, yeah, it would be hor- it would be terrible. <laughs> right. So anyway, so just the, the focus changed, you know, o- over time. And, and I, I just, um, I, I like the direction that we, that again, that we settled on, you know, about two years ago was really the, you know, the time that I, that I feel like the, the new aesthetic was solidified. Yeah. I actually really, um, I actually really enjoy the, the ace that thing looks uh cool that thing looks pretty fun cool no, i appreciate it yeah i'm that's one thing um i haven't designed it yet but i'm probably going to do an updated version of that um that's oh. that's a, a little bit more in line with the current aesthetic yeah um so that, that that's that's coming at some point I, I don't have a timeline yet though for it we always kind of uh, applaud you know brands for kind of moving forward uh without necessarily coming out with a dive watch and that's one thing we noticed about martin arrow have have you found it more difficult um you know have is that an idea you're attracted to like coming out with a diver at some point because i actually that's one of the things that i love about martin arrow you know i see you go through all these different design iterations and it's like wow this guy's never i kind of think it's an easier card to play to just come out with a dive watch you know here's something that's 40 millimeters it looks like a sub um you know buy it sure (laughs) um so how do you view that yeah um so a dive it is something that i'm going to do at some point um Mm -hmm. it's not it's not next i mean it's probably not 2019 uh but it it is something that i'm that i'm planning on doing um but it, it will it will not look like the standard sort of dive watch um, the ones, yeah, yeah I, I feel like they, they all look, not not all, uh, many of them look very, very similar. Um, and that's not particularly interesting or compelling um, to yeah. me. So, so yeah, so I actually, I actually have some cool ideas. I've done some ideation on it um, and, uh, and it'll, it'll come out eventually. Um, and yeah, we'll see, Pro- probably 2020. So a ways off, but eventually. That's cool though. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I was, I was, I want to ask your opinion on this so the last uh most of these pieces they've been sticking a lot to the to uh, miotas using miotas you know i think the first edge mirrors were the a2 series yep. and then i think the kerosene and yep. edge mirror reserve they're part of the um, the nine series yep. the newer the newer nine series are you are you are you happy with the miotas because we talk to brand owners a lot and you know they'll have specific opinions about different movements and things like that is is, is miota kind of where you're comfortable uh, working with the pieces yeah so uh with miota everything we've done has been miota um yeah the earlier pieces well the ace and the founder uh they were the the 8000 series um same thing with mm-hmm. with the first edge mirror and then yeah the marquee and the and the ascent those are and this one were all the the 9000 mm-hmm. series uh so yeah so miota movements i like a lot um you know, they—that's what I plan on using in, in the near future. Um, I, I particularly like the the 9000 series. It's really, um, it's 8000 series is, is good too, but the the 9000 is, um, you know, it, it, it's an upgrade and uh, it's a really really high quality movement. I think. So that's so cool. Yeah, you know, so there's that, and then I've flirted. I've, I've never obviously pulled the trigger. You know, I I, I have you know thought a bit about um, doing something on the Swiss side as well. Um, so that's mm-hmm. that's uh, a possibility. I hear that, but I mean, the way it would work then is the because you you're working and I think in a price point that's just super comfortable. Like it's like right in that sweet spot for offering some people that's something that's unique, a lot of fun, but still like like accessible. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's what we're going for for sure. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's part of the appeal. I mean, 
Yeah. Um, and why, you know, it's funny, like, so I've crowdfunded the last two of these. I'm probably not going to crowdfund the next one. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, that is one of the advantages to going that, that route, right, is that, so this model, Edgemere Reserve, it's going to sell for six ninety five uh, full retail. Um, and which is a little bit more expensive than the others. I think my next most expensive is five ninety five, uh, but mainly that's just due to the more expensive mechanics um, in this sure. one. Um, but you know, right now, you know, when I crowdfunded, I, I'm selling it at a discount. You know, it is right now the, the current pricing tier is four fifty nine, right? So it's still it's still real money. It's it's not you know it's it's not super cheap or, or anything like that. Um, but mm -hmm. it is you know for a lot of customers, you know, it is a lot more accessible. You know, at at that level. Um, and you know, I, I'm, I can't know this for sure, but um, I, I'm assuming that, that I'm gaining some customers in, in that way. You know, someone you know, that, that's willing to wait you know, for these to go into production, but they save a couple hundred bucks off you know, the, uh, the, the full retail price. So, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally, totally. And uh, so just kind of going back to Miyota and movement and things like that, what's the, how, what's the regulation process like in terms of like the life cycle of the movement? Is everything regulated, you know, at the manufacturers and then like it, it comes here? Like what's the sort of like, like process for that yeah. on, on your guys' end? Yeah. So, well, so both actually. So they're, they're, cool. they are regulated, um, yeah, by, by Miyota. Well, first by Miyota um, and, um, and then actually also by one, um, a separate supplier um, in, in Asia also. Yep. And then I've got a workshop here where we do all of our final work, uh, like assembly, testing, regulation, all of that stuff. Um, usually awesome. by the time they come here, the vast majority of the movements are in good shape. Um, so it's not, uh, most of them don't have to be regulated further, but we do test all of them. And if anything, you know, sometimes something gets screwed up, like when it's in transit or, you know, something like that, you know, then we can, uh, we can fix it then. That's so cool. Yeah, I, 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 I just I, I love talking about that stuff. And so when, when I noticed that you've been using Miotis for a while, I'm like, yep. oh, man, I got to talk to him about Miotis. That's just, yeah, <laughs> to me, that's just super good. killer. Yeah, you know? it's um, and it's funny, like I know, uh, I mean, like some brands, you know, um, even brands like in, in my price point, like not all of them use Miota. Um, for me, it's just always it just kind of worked. It's just one of those things, mm -hmm. you know, it just works. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Like they I met them. I remember my first trip to Hong Kong it was in September 2012, um, and, and I launched the brand about a year and a half later. And um, yeah, I just remember I, I met with Miota then, um, yep. and uh, yeah, and it just sort of continued from there. Yeah. It's interesting. I know some there's some micro brands out there who are just who are are, are, are like proudly like non Miyota or they're proudly yeah. like Swiss only or something like that. And this just sure. it always reminds me there's tends to be this odd sort of segmentation within like micro brands where you'll get quote unquote uh, I'm trying to think of a way to say that this is how weird you'll get like catalog watches where it's like yeah I want I'm like you look at a book I want these hands I want this I want this and people who who are kind of gravitate towards towards those watches they love the fact that they get to say oh it's Swiss movement it's uh, you know sapphire crystal it's like they're naming specs but if you take a step back and look at the watch to your point does this watch need to exist like like yeah. how like how are people just like you know what I mean? Yeah, well, and the whole catalog thing. Yeah, so and maybe you saw this when you were in Hong Kong. It, it sounds like maybe you did. Like, you, like oh, yeah. either you know, yeah. if either one of you or, or really anybody, you know, if you wanted to start your own brand, I mean, it is. And I kind of I, I use the word brand sort of like in quotes um, because like um, <laughs> like you could air yeah air quotes. Um, 
you know, someone you can go to Hong Kong or like, you probably don't even need to anymore. Uh, you, you could probably find a supplier just online. But, um, you know, and yeah, they, they, they have these catalogs. That, I mean, it's pretty generic looking stuff, but, you know, there are case designs, dial designs, hand designs, all that stuff. You, you can, you know, pick stuff out, uh, just mm -hmm. pick the colors, um, you know, send over some Pantone colors, you know, that you want for your dials in your hands, uh, print your brand name across the dial, you know, right at the top. And then, you know, you have your quote unquote brand. Um, that is possible. I mean, and, and people do it, um, to, to varying levels of, of, of success. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, it's just, it's just so, it's just so easy. I mean, Mike, do you remember when we yeah. were, we, so we were in Hong Kong this past year, like people were like falling out of their, it was like, it was like 28 days later, like, oh, we'll put your brand name on our watch. They're just like, they run at you. Cause the thing is we were there as press. We were the only jerks there as press. Everyone else was a, was, okay. was like, was a buyer. Cause it's not like a normal, like press. <laughs> yeah. The, the the press registration booth looked like a looked like a lemonade stand, but the buyer booth it looked like Tony Stark had designed it. It was yeah. it was it was intense. I thought I, thought I was gonna get tackled at some point. You know <laughs> they, the, the way the way they would rush you. They're very aggressive. Like oh we'll put your name on our watch. It's like I I don't yeah. have any money, but we can see what we can talk about. You know, so it's just it's too easy. But but they I mean, looked so sad when we told them we weren't a brand. By the way, <laughs> we had to just, we had to show them press on the badge, and they're just like oh no oh, pictures. Yeah 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 no <laughs> pictures. <laughs> I mean I would think that it's funny. I mean because well one I wonder if it's like that. I mean I really only know about watches in terms of like production and and, and what it's like. But I, right. I wonder if it's like that for, like most other consumer products at this point. I mean, if you can find a supplier, you know, just to just to, to I guess yeah, build you something generic mm -hmm. and then like put your own your brand name on it. You know, whether it's like T-shirts or sneakers or, or what. But um, it's yeah, tough. yeah. But also, I mean, I at this point, I think that would be a for watches. I think that would be a really tough way to go. I mean, if you just mm -hmm. if you started something, if it was just completely generic. I mean, I don't know how. I mean. You need a lot of mar uh, marketing money to put behind it, but then even then, I mean, just because like there's there's plenty of other brands just like that. Like I, I think, I, I'm guessing that a, a lot of those people, you know, are, are in for for a not so pleasant surprise. Like when, when they actually try to make money of of that kind of endeavor, I, I would guess. Sure. Sure. I mean, well, the, the watch family tends to vote ultimately with their wallets. You know what I mean? And their wallets yeah. follow whatever their eyes and their hearts are into. And I think these days. We're always pushing for on the show. People are becoming more and more educated consumers. I mean, not just with watches, with everything. If you hear about something, the first thing you do is you Google it. You know what I mean? Sure. And then and then you start doing research and everything like that. So I think, in terms of the like the the future of micro brands, I think there's going to continue to be just a lot of noise, and people are going to have to be a lot more discerning. But I, I'm yep. I'm curious, um, you know, John, to hear your opinion. Like what. What do you think the future of microbrands look like? Is it dire? Is the idea of the microbrand sort of disappearing? Because um, a lot of microbrands that, like, you know, I talk to, like, they consumers might see them as microbrands, or like people who are, uh, uh, like, consumers will see these microbrands as brands that are doing something like small scale and they're doing something that's really special and they're trying to, like, target a specific, you know, audience segment. Um, but brands might see themselves differently. And mm -hmm. I feel like that will kind of just affect the landscape of micro brands, you know, to come. Uh, so curious on your opinions in the future. Um, I think a lot of brands are going to continue to um, to launch. Um, it, it, it's mm. funny, actually, because the way I, and I don't follow this at all. Um, it, and like, it's just not I, I have an idea. I mean, I, I know who the other brands are, especially ones that are you know, that are selling in my, in my general price range, you know, I, I know right. they all are, but I, I don't, I definitely do not, 
you know, follow this really closely. It's like, oh, like who's launching this week or next week and, and, and whatnot. Um, right. I just think is that worthwhile? It's, it's funny though, because you know how some, <laughs> I sometimes learn of like totally accidentally and, and I don't end up really following them, but it's funny because they all follow me on Instagram. <laughs> and like, and I'm sure they're doing that to a lot of brands, but it's really funny because like, it's just sometimes it's like, oh, you know, you know, on a given day, it's like, oh, you know, you have like 10 new followers and I'll look at them and then like two of them will be like watch brand. And I'm like, oh, like, who's this? You know, and it's like, oh, so-and-so it's like, oh, like launching in two months on Kickstarter. You know, it's like always says that, um, it, oh, yeah. it's funny. So like there's, I, I think, um, yeah, I think people will still, uh, will keep launching brands. I think it's, it's getting harder and harder uh, to come up with a concept, to come up with like something novel, um, and that can sort of, you know, pass the test, you know, that I threw out earlier, you know, about like sort mm -hmm. of why does this exist in a world where you know there's already tens of millions of watches that you can buy, you know, why does the world need one more? Um, but um, with that being said, like I, I do think I think occasionally, you know, uh, a new brand, interesting ones still come out um, from time to time. Oh, sure. You know, I, I think yeah. I mean I think there's way more noise than there are you know, sort of quality brands, but, but, um, some quality brands have come out recently. I, I think that will, you know, continue to happen on, on a small scale. Um, but then as far as like, you know, what the brands, what they are, what they're going to turn into that, that's something I, I really, I have no idea. Like I, I wonder it yeah. myself as well, because, and also like a lot of these companies, um, even the, even the ones that are, you know, relatively more established, they've been around for a few years, you know, you, they show up at Windup. Um, you know, they're on the, you know, sort of the the handful of watch blogs. You know, they've been written up a bunch of times. Um, a yep. lot of them are just one person. Um, yeah. It's it's one, you know, uh, or maybe two. Um, and you know, there are these there are kind of these smaller enterprises. Um, and I don't know just because I, I haven't. Well, I, I, I know a handful of, of the of the owners, um, but I've, I've never like really gone in depth with any of them about what are they planning to do. You know, do they like do they like things like this? Do they, a lot of them do, I can tell you, like they like kind of like running their own company and, and like they really, you know, love that they get to design and make watches for a living and they don't mm -hmm. like really have like a boss and all that. These are all things that I like very much. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, whether if things sort of continue like that in, in perpetuity or if, um, you know, uh, if they have aspirations, you know, to grow into something, into something much larger. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. I think it's so refreshing because you, you, I mean, it basically sounds like you, when you, when you're working on pieces, when you're focusing on the brand, you're doing so in, in like a vacuum. You're not really doing so yep. with an eye on what other folks are doing. Because Mike and I talk to brand owners all the time and they're just like, you know, like, oh, I want to crack the nut on what XYZ brand did. Like, oh, I want to, I want to try and replicate what XYZ brand did. And so Johnny basically just said, man, I'm just doing my thing. You know what I mean? And like, that's, that's like, that's perfect. Super attractive. Yeah. Yeah. For, that's, that's super us. cool. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, also, um, and I've never even thought of it this way either, but like it's, it actually might be more practical um, in, in that, because um, if, if you're just following somebody else, the thing is, is like, just given how long it takes, like to get things like, <laughs> like, like, like prototyped and manufactured and all this stuff, like even if you were, like if you're trying to capitalize on a certain trend, you know, you, you might end up missing it anyway. <laughs> like it, yeah, you know, that's a good point. Point. yeah, that's funny. That's, I mean, that's not, that doesn't guide anything that I do, but, um, but I think there's probably some truth to that. Mm -hmm. So, so you're, I'm oh, sorry, Mike. No, I'm just, I'm curious. Cause I, I, I find it, like I said, very attractive that you're just constantly doing your own thing and that's worked for you. Uh, not necessarily concerned with a lot of the noise happening, uh, with watch brands right now. You mentioned that you've been, 
uh, kind of strictly exclusively been wearing your own stuff, which I also think is pretty cool. That's so um, cool. And Cass and I, we're always curious about this when we talk to um, brand owners. Um, you know, when and how did you just get into the watch thing? And are you into the watch thing? Um, you know, do you collect? Um, do you do you kind of have anything else, or are you just stri- strictly Martinero? Yeah. So yeah, recently, I mean. Really, since I started the brand, it's really just been my own stuff that I've been wearing. That's but, awesome. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, I, I got into watches. Um, I guess it was seven. Yeah, no, more like ten years ago, a little bit more, 10, 12 years ago. Um, it nice. was because um, I got into watches initially. Uh, so I worked in finance and real estate finance uh, for a while before I did this, and it was the kind of thing where you're always in either business casual or or a business formal like a suit and tie and that was just that was just sort of the uniform and whatever it was fine but and then i just i noticed that a bunch of the guys that i worked with they had you know these uh, they had nice watches um, i mean this is new york i mean rolex there was a lot of rolex um, yeah. <laughs> probably actually probably like 75% of the people um, <laughs> i came across had that but um, Anyway, um, I just noticed like these people like they had these like cool looking watches, and then it was one year um, I'd had a well a tough year in the sense that I, I just I'd worked a lot, and um, mm. and I remember and, and it was around December, and then I, I thought to myself, and I usually don't think this way, but I was thinking I was like I've had a rough year, like I deserve a present for myself, like I want I want to I want to buy myself something, I, like I deserve it. I'm like okay, I don't even know what I would buy. And then the idea of a watch, you know, came into my head. I'm like, oh, that would be like a, a cool, a nice thing, you know, to buy. And um, so I, I started doing some research, and, and it was very confusing to me because, you know, I'd find, you know, this watch costs 50 bucks, this one costs 500, this one costs 5,000, you know, and, and you can, and yeah. you can go way up from there. And I, at the time, they all kind of looked the same to me, uh, sort of. I mean, I just I didn't understand or. At least with respect to the the price differential, like it, it just that it right. made no sense to me. So I just I started doing uh, a bunch of research, um, and ended up I bought a, a Bama Mercier uh, chronograph. That was my the first watch I bought, and uh, cool. yeah, it was just a very just very nice, very classic, um, dressy kind of watch, and um, I just I thought that was that was interesting. Um, it was interesting in that I just I learned a fair amount about watches. Um, from that process, and then I did the same thing the next year. So I remember I, um, and what did I buy? That year I bought, it was a Longines uh, Master Collection. So nice. like, yeah, um, so it's, I was definitely veering, it was like much more on the, on, the, on, on the classic side, you know, stuff that would just like fit very well with like a suit and tie. Um, but anyway, so I remember I bought that, and you know, also did some research around that and, and whatnot. And, Originally, my plan, like I was like, oh, like I could just continue this. This is becoming kind of a fun hobby. You know, we'll limit it to once a year. And then I remember thinking, I was like, yeah, by the time I'm 50, I'm going to have like the sick, sick collection. I should open up a showroom or something. You know. Um, <laughs> and then I remember, um, and this must have been 20. It was around 2012 when I, I was starting to think about starting my own thing or starting to like to work on it. And um, so I was looking around and I was like, oh, like am I going to buy a watch this year? And um, I was looking at it was um, it was an IWC um, Portuguese automatic black dial, mm-hmm. um, which I think I forget exactly. I want well, what's sticking out in price? I, I feel like sixty eight hundred. I feel like was the price. Um, Something like that. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. So anyway, and then I came very close to pulling the trigger on that until, and then I decided I was like, well, you know, if I am 
if I really am serious about starting something of my own, you know that that sixty eight hundred is probably much better spent um, on my own, on my own endeavor, you know, rather than than, than yeah. adding another piece to the collection. Um, so that was kind of <laughs> when I um, you know when I made that shift, you know, towards buying other people's watches, towards working on um, on developing my own. Um, but and like for me though, I mean, and, and I think like for a lot of people, right? It was um, you know initially I I just wanted something that looked cool on my wrist. That was like really mm-hmm. the first thing. I was like, oh, like something that looks nice. And then from there, it's like you know you learn more about it, and it's just it's a it's like watches specifically mechanical watches. They're just a very interesting product. There is an awful lot more going on, you know, in in a in such a small space than you originally realize. You know, it is yes, it is about design and aesthetics, but then you know there's also you know craftsmanship, history and tradition, engineering, you know, yep. all, all of these things. So yeah, it's just it's just a very interesting, fun product for me. Um, and uh, yeah, that was kind of the the origin of, of all of this. Do you, do you do you still have that Balmain Mercier? So I actually I um I don't and I don't think about it because it just annoys me if I do. Um, I guess I, now okay. I'm thinking about it, I, I don't resent the question. It's <laughs> fine. Um, that got lost in a move. Oh no! Yeah, that happens. Yeah, it's I just don't. Think, I mean, yeah, it's like I, you know. And the good news, I actually I got a lot of wear out of it. When I was wearing it, and nice. I was not wearing it anymore, and uh, you know, it that is somewhere else in the world right now. Um, but um, I still have my Longines. Um, I still have a few more. Nice. Yeah. That's so that's cool. True. I mean, it, it's funny that seems to be a lot of people's first like that. Like, it's very similar to to uh, not very similar, but it's it's kind of in line with like I first got into watches like you know through like through work. You know, I, I Mike. You know. I, he helped me get, help get me into watches. Like I was, I was. Um, I'm sorry. I was like, no, nah, it's fine. It's all good, man. It, it was. I, it, listen, it was either watches or my student loans, and I'd rather spend it on watches because that's just that's just makes more sense. Yes. You know? Um, I I was job hunting at the time, and I'm like, oh man, I should probably have like a nice watch because I have this like general understanding that like in like proper business attire, you're not supposed to be bare wristed. You're supposed to wear you know something. You know what I mean? And so I asked I asked him like, oh, you know, what, what are good watches? And then he sent me like a link with some with some ideas on it and that that was it man that was yeah the first watch i got was that seiko snk that little 805 okay i still have it nice you know that's very thing is so killer yeah but like i i feel like for a lot of people that's how it starts like you know i want something that's either going to work with my outfit or that can help me like fit in with people at work because even if you depending on certain situations that you work in even if the people you work with aren't watch people for some reason they'll have nice watches you know yep. rolexes or, or omegas or kind of whatever the boutique and ad representation is local you know to them so yeah 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 and man somebody i don't know if this will ever happen but someone needs to break the hold that uh that rolex has on like every every guy that makes over like a hundred thousand dollars i mean that's that's rolex's legacy but it, like, like that's their thing it's almost comical i, I mean you look around like everyone <laughs> like everyone has like yeah it's like identical rolex sub um Anyway, it's a very black, black, black very dial. similar story yeah. that that you you told. Um, you know, my brother-in-law, he he's in Boston now, but his first kind of, you know, he had his first real jobs in New York. You know, in finance, working at banks, and that was something he also noticed. He's like, "Wow, everyone's wearing these like pretty serious watches." Yeah, and he couldn't. I I, I think I think if you're in finance and you're 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 working in this environment, just the way you think has to be geared towards the kind of money that's spent on these watches yep. and he just couldn't, he couldn't make sense of it. Like, kind of like you said, this one is 50, this one's 5,000, but yeah. they all kind of look the same. I don't understand what's what's going on. Uh, he ended up buying an Orient and he really likes it. So. Okay. Nice. 
Yeah, cool. Um, cool. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Actually, Orient can can I, knock Rolex down. Orient has Orient has to get their shit together. Until that <laughs> happens, I I I don't I don't, I don't see I'm, that. But, but do you think I'm actually I'm, I'm actually planning on knocking them down myself? Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll, be, they'll be gone in a year or two. <laughs> That's so cool. But but like I mean, you bring up a good point, John. Like if you ask someone on the street, like, oh, you know, you have five thousand dollars to spend on a nice watch. What watch do you get? Rolex. Like, yeah. if, like even if they don't like know about a watch, we have to get them to not say Rolex. We have to get them to say Martin Arrow. There we, that's the that's, goal. That's it. All right, and this is this is the first step. This podcast, yeah, <laughs> this is the first yeah, step. So we're, we're, we all heard it here first. We're public with this now. Go and yes. pick it. Yes. Go pick it. All the Rolex boutiques with signs that just say Martin Arrow. They'd be like, "What the hell? That's the cool. What's going on? They're organizing. Let's do it. You know." <laughs> yes. That's so killer, though. Are there any? I'm curious about this because I think we, we might have mentioned it, but not directly. Are there any like micro brands out there you 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 do kind of see in passing? You're like, oh, that's kind of cool, or is it just like, is it very just like heads down? You're focused on on Martin. Um, I hate everyone that's not my brand. That I'm makes joking. sense. That's I mean, I think that's, pro- <laughs> that's the proper business yeah. decision to no, make, no, right? No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there there are a bunch of cool brands, of course. Um, there are. Um, I think you know I, I've mentioned Wind Up a couple times. You know, the show that that yep. we'll be doing again. I think. Um, I think that's a very well curated show. Um, I, I think you know, mm. really all of them. I, I think you know the brands that, in order to, you know, to get in there, um, I, I think you've got to be, to be doing something pretty interesting. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a like, I'm trying to think. I mean, and I know, I, I know a, uh, a bunch of the the micro brand founders. Um, I think um, uh, for dive watches, like Helios, I think is an interesting brand. Oh, yeah. um, for sure, um, I, I met the founder a, a couple times. I, I think they do interesting things. I like um, uh, I like the Baltic watches. I like a lot. Um, yep. You know, and um, yeah, th- those are probably two that stand out. But but there are there are a bunch more. You know that that, that I like. Cool. You know that I like, and and yeah, most of them. Yeah, the kind of I think again, kind of like that sort of the wind up filter is, is a good one. You know, for somebody looking mm-hmm. to. Um, you know, somebody interested in, in micro brands and, and, you know, looking for, for something interesting and, and unique. Well, it's really fun because, I mean, with micro brands, so much of it now is just, it's it's online. People are operating, like, through their Shopify stores. Yep. Like, it's all just online. So you never get the chance to actually hold or see these watches um, yeah. in person. And so that's the great opportunity that, that, that the wind-up shows, you yep. know, uh, offer, you know. And yep. I... I it's just always so interesting, and I've, I've, I've we've spoken to micro brand owners. Some of them have like brick and mortar aspirations or things like that. What do you think in terms of Martinero? Is it going to always? Like, is that the future of like of like 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 online like luxury goods sales? Is it all online, or do you have like brick and mortar aspirations in the future? Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. And, and there's different ways to do brick and mortar, right? I mean, so you could be doing that. I mean, that that could mean just selling in somebody else's store. Um, right. right or, or even, having like a presence or something like that yeah thing. I mean it literally could be like one of many products in a display case or you could even I mean like one step up from that would be like renting a portion of somebody's store and then the, mm-hmm. the most expensive um, you know would be you know to actually like open up a boutique of, of your own um, I think so to answer that so no I, I don't have any immediate plans at all to, to open up my own thing um, I've I have focused more on on e-commerce that's just the way I've set up the business. It's much. It's easier to manage everything. Um, sure. You know, you, you manage everything down to fulfillment. The, you know, I, I can manage myself. You know who your customers are. You know where they're located. Um, uh, you, you just you can control everything. You know, uh, you don't obviously. You know, you don't pay the margin to a retailer, right? It's like all yep. of these things. So I, I think I see e-commerce 
as um, you know, being like in, in the center of our business, like probably probably for the foreseeable future. Um, but with retail, I, I do think selectively, I, I, I do think that you know, selling in stores could become little by little could become a bigger part of the business. Uh, cool. You know, um, but just but you know, view uh, really like I would view it as complementary to e-commerce. Um, and you know, one way to think of it, I mean, even is like, you you could think about retail as your marketing, because you know you are well. Hopefully, you, you make a little bit of money selling that way, but mm -hmm. it's not going to be much. Um, you know, just because it, it wouldn't be all that interesting on its own. Um, typically, at least it would not be for me um, to do a lot of that. However, you know, you are as long as you're not losing money. Um, it is a way to you know to get the brand out there, and probably a lot of the people that. Uh, you know, that see your watches like on display that they're probably not familiar with the brand previously. Um, you know, mm -hmm. some of those people end up buying, you know, and when they buy, you know, there's a marketing element to that too, right? Like watches signal very well. If someone is, they're wearing it on the wrist, people notice it or they want to talk about it, you know, that, that kind of thing. So I, I think there, there are a lot of these tangible marketing benefits that come from retail, you know, which might not immediately show up, you know, on your, on your top line or bottom line revenue. It's actually a good way of looking at it, or, or just thinking about it. Like, I'm not expecting people to actually buy these in the stores. I'm expecting people to see them, yep. be curious about them, Google them, and then buy online. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, for for, for sure. And then that's so. Yeah, cool. and then I think, um, yeah, unless you are, unless you have just a ton of money, um, I, mm -hmm. I think that opening up your own specialty boutique is just a terrible idea um, for most people. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, it's just it. That's so expensive uh you know you have, you have yeah. to rent a place you might get locked into a long-term lease you know you're gonna have to fit out the space you have to staff it you have to do, i mean just the overhead is nuts you got to buy the cappuccino machine to offer to folks when they walk in <laughs> there the door there's all kinds of hidden all kinds of there hidden costs all that stuff yeah i mean i just no i would not go near that that, that, yeah, sounds, that sounds awful <laughs> so I, I we've gotten an excellent sense of just you know like how things started how things have evolved and sort of where we are now and an idea of where you want things to continue evolving with with martin arrow um and we've been talking about it in real time we've been getting fun perspective you know at this point now because i think we um i think we are kind of getting towards the the, the 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 time limit here is there anything that you feel like you wish you could go back and do differently or change or or is everything awesome always <laughs> um, okay. I mean, is there maybe I, in in the middle, perhaps? Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. So no. I mean, there's nothing. Um, like when I look back, I mean, there's there's nothing that. Yeah. That that I just like that I wake up every morning and like, oh man, like I, I really wish I could have <laughs> I could have done that differently. That's terrible. Um, yeah. I, I think. I mean, like anyone else, you know, starting a business, especially if it's in a new industry. I mean, I've made like I've made like a bunch of small-ish mistakes. Um, sure. You know, um, but I've never, um, I, I've never made like the big catastrophic mistake or, or anything like sort of close to that. Um, so you know, thankfully, like opening up a, re a retail boutique probably would have been <laughs> like that that, 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 that like probably would have bankrupted the brand, um, and, and that would I'd regret. Um, but yeah, so it's like you get you know anything else like you you get better at it. You know, as, as you go, I mean, you're never like perfect at everything, but. Um, right. But yeah, but things get better. Uh, like I'm, I'm happy with the brand. You know, um, certainly yes, I, I would if, if I could go back in time, I would change some things. But, um, but I'm, I'm happy where the the brand is at now. And um, nice. Yeah, and then pretty psyched. I mean, I've already, I've got, uh, I've actually, I've got three or four new designs already spec'd out um, for for the for release wow. over like the next two years. 
Um, yeah, awesome. like some of them are, are updated versions of older stuff and a couple of them are just brand new. So, so yeah, so I, I feel pretty good. I mean, and my thing now, you know, is that like, I'm just, I am, you know, I, I would, I've kind of, I've been doing this for a while. Um, I, you know, I, I'm looking to grow um, and be, sure. you know, kind of maybe slowly emerge, uh, you know, from the pure, just watch micro, micro brand space, you know, to sort of more of a consumer brand. Um, you know, to something um, a little bit bigger, a little bit more impactful. So that's kind of that's that's what I'm thinking about these days. Is just is how to grow, expand. I mean, I mean, we have we have to take Rolex down, so that makes sense. Exactly, right? exactly. This is this part part of the master plan. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. Um, Mike, did you did you have any any uh, like additional questions? Anything else that you think that I uh, that I missed? Because um, I I, I want to let John get back to his day. No, that's that's, and I'm glad we ended with that because that's usually a question that we strive to ask um, everybody that comes on the show. You know, yeah. do you? Um, I I actually I really dislike the term microbrand these days. Mm. I, I just I see Martinero as a brand. Thank you. Um, yeah, nice. And, and and that's and that's that. And, and I always um, we always like to get you know some insight as to what. Um, what the intention really is. Do you want to stay small, uh, direct to consumer, or, or do you, um, you know, do you see the brand becoming something else? So mm -hmm. really happy to, to hear your answer on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So at, at this point, John, we'll start rounding out. Is there, are there any final words you want to leave with the, with the nice post li uh, listening at home? Um, yeah, if you all, if you made it this far, thank you uh, for listening <laughs> uh, to me, to me ramble about all this stuff. Um, if you're interested, check us out, you know, on our, on our website, martinero.com. Um, got a new release out right now, which I decided to crowdfund. You can, mm -hmm. you want to Google Martinero Edgemere Reserve. Uh, it's out there. Check us out. Um, and always happy to hear feedback, positive or negative from any of you for real. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And just to let everyone know, we will have links to everything we talked about in the show notes. So if you're used to going there and getting all the links for everything, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get all those good items in there. Perfect. Um, Mike, is it that, is it that sad? I always, I always hate, I always hate signing off. I get so sad because I got to go back to my real life. You know what I mean? Where I got dishes yeah. and bills, you know? I'm just, I, I, I've been on, I've been on the burning dishes train for a long time. My wife is just like, no, I'm like, babe, I don't understand. Let's just throw away all the dishes and you don't have to do the dishes. We'll just eat out of our, out of our hands over the sink. I think I've that's, a, I think that's, a, that's a great idea. To get to. Yeah, I like that. Right? I like that. It's going green, yeah. dude. I'm not even wasting water, nice. you know? Nice. She doesn't Sadly. buy it, though. She, she sees through my bullshit, like, like without without hesitation. She's good. Yes. Nice. So. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, I cut you off. What were you saying? <laughs> no, no, yeah. That's, that's, uh, I think, I think we're good to close it out here. All right. You want to, you want to start? I'll jump in and then I'll let John, uh, say bye to the next folks. Yeah. Thanks for, for listening, guys. My name is Mike. This is Kaz. You've been listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. John, say bye to the nice folks. This is John. Thanks for listening.